Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Book Spectrum. I'm Chris Cordani, your host on Book Spectrum. We like to bring you seasoned authors and many from different fields, varied areas across the spectrum. We have now on Book Spectrum Jackie Abrams. She's a first-time author, and politically charged debates are often passionate. Yet at times, they cloud people's abilities to agree how and when to right a true wrong. While crying wolf, buzzwords, and misinformation have become the norm, they minimize those who are actually suffering or lost in the proverbial cracks. Let's take the story in Hush Money by my guest Jackie Abrams, a tale based on a true story of racism in the workplace. Due to many factors, not the least of which is fear of losing one's job and other people lying about or minimizing such at their own workplaces, racial preferences and racism in companies and other work environments goes unreported or ignored. Through the eyes of the characters in her book Hush Money, Jackie relays an actually true story of a woman who called this out, won her argument, changed things, and kept her job. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Book Spectrum, Jackie Abrams. Well, thank you for having me. I am delighted to be here. Jackie, this book is about somebody you know, but you had to tell it in a fictional vein. There are reasons for that, but what inspired you to tell this story? Uh, well, there are several things, Chris, that inspired uh, the writing of this book. Um, Hush Money, How One Woman Proved Systemic Racism in Her Workplace and Kept Her Job, is a book that I actually wrote alongside my two daughters. All three of us uh, worked in corporate America, you know, had blooming, blossoming uh, careers, and had those careers derailed repeatedly for no other reason uh, than because we are Black. So, so Chris, if you can just imagine for a moment what it's like to be someone who uh, gets a good job, and from the income that you get from that job, you, you believe that you have a chance to uh, live the American dream. You're going to use that income to buy a house and own a car, uh, provide for your family, and even have enough money to pay your bills. And as you're, you're building years uh, in this career that's going very well and you know things are going in the right direction, all of a sudden, the rug is pulled from under you, and you now find yourself at risk of losing this job that you're so good at. And so that's what happened in my case. My career spanned nearly 20 years in higher education, um, and my career was derailed repeatedly, and each time it was derailed, I was forced to start all over and try to rebuild it, my career again. Um, after multiple times of having my career derailed, I was traumatized, I was heartbroken, and uh, Chris, I'll be honest with you, I, I was so um, so traumatized that I almost uh, killed myself. Um, but when it started happening to my daughters, and now I'm reliving my horror through the eyes of my daughters who are now 
of age and have built careers of their own and are now going through the same thing, um, it further traumatizes you just as a parent, um, but it also traumatizes you on another level because you just don't feel like you can succeed in a country where because of the color of your skin, you are considered subhuman. And so my daughters and I pulled ourselves out of, of corporate America. And as part of our, our attempts to try to heal, and uh, Chris, I'll be honest with you, I, I have not uh, fully healed yet. I am still recovering. But as part of that, we started reaching out to other people, uh, wondering, is this just happening to us or are other people experiencing this? And the overwhelming number of people of color who experience racism in the workplace is just unbelievable. But Chris, you don't really hear about those things because um, if you look at modern day books, television shows and movies, they always tend to focus on racism that occurred decades ago when it was more over, you know, it was easily spotted. Jackie, you bring up an interesting point. A lot of these established Hollywood types and, and politicians like to point out the easy stuff when it comes to racism, the symbolism. Hey, well, we're going to just appoint somebody who happens to be of color to do this, or we're going to march somebody out in the forefront to show this. That, that really doesn't solve the problem of what happens behind the scenes. What happens in corporations uh, have not, uh, and, and not just corporations, but any institution that uh, has not become, I'll just say, colorblind or has uh, been holding people backwards uh, because of racial preferences. The easy stuff is what you see on television. Yes, you can put numbers here, and, and, and I hate to use the word tokenism like they used in the 70s and 80s, but that's all easy. The hard stuff is always solving problems behind the scenes and within the infrastructure of places, and that's where you go with hush money. Exactly, and you, you said it very, very well. You know, so like I, I was saying, Chris, um, you know, when you look at the movies, the television shows and, and things on TV, they always focus on racism that happened decades ago. You know, when it was easily spotted, it was more overt. But what we needed to show to people, um, especially in the climate that we are in right now, is that systemic racism in the workplace is just as prevalent today as it was years ago. But it's more, Chris, it's not um, as overt as it was decades ago. Today's racism, modern day racism, especially in the workplace, is more covert. It is hidden and it is very, very hard to prove. Does that make sense? It does, because in my opinion, there are two types of racists, okay? I'm overgeneralizing, but I think you can understand where I'm going here. There's the the, the overt types, the, the, the real jerks, the people that we don't really want to deal with in society in the first place. And then there are the bless your heart racists, the ones who always think that uh, because you're you're of color, uh, you're from a different country or you have a different background, you always have to have a leg up or you're not good enough to do this job. But we're going to we're going to promote somebody else or, uh, well, you should be lucky to be here, that sort of thing. Those are people who are actually a lot worse because, you know, type one, you know where they are, and you know how to avoid them. But these other people, these are the ones that pat themselves on the back to show them how unracist they are, when in fact, they might just be worse because this is institutionalized and this is hidden. Am I, am I far off here? Oh, no, you're, you're right on target. And, uh, you know, Chris, if I might just give you an example of what the difference is between, you know, overt racism 
and covert racism, which is what a lot of people in the workplace deal with, that more covert side. So, so just to give you a, a quick example, you know, overt racism, you know, the one that's easily spotted would be an example of, you know, let's say you have a black employee and a white employee, and they are both given the same job title and the same responsibilities, but you pay the white employee, let's say $20,000 more a year than the black employee. Well, that's something you can easily prove, right? If an investigation were to ensue, you could easily prove that these two people who have the same jobs and the same responsibilities, the same credentials are being paid, you know, vastly different salaries. So that's something that I would put in the overt category because it could be proved easily by just looking at payroll records, right? There are a lot of nuances to that, but let's add merit and let's add experience to the job. You can still prove all of that. Absolutely. So now let me um, use that same example, but let me show you how it's more covert. Let's say you have two people, uh, one black employee and one white employee. They are given the same job titles. Okay, they're both promoted, let's say, into the same job title. They both have the same skill set. They both have the same credentials. They've both been uh, with the company for the same length of time. And so you promote these two employees into higher positions that are the same, but the white employee gets trained properly. They're trained by a seasoned person who has been doing the job that they're now going to do for many years. They've excelled at it. They're good at it. And they're giving all of that knowledge and wisdom to that white employee to give that employee a chance to succeed. While the same person who's also training the black employee will withhold vital information. So the training is subpar. They intentionally uh, train that person incorrectly to set them up for failure. Well, that's an example of more covert racism in the workplace because how do you prove that this person trained you incorrectly on a job that they themselves have been doing you know, beautifully and outstandingly for years? So that's the difference. Does that, does that paint a picture in your mind? It does. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. And on the one hand, some people will be thinking, well, wait a minute. I didn't hear what happened with the other guy. You may have had an idiot for a trainer. But like you're saying, it's the same person treated one person more favorably and the other person 
less favorably. That is your covert racism. That's the that's what we're talking about. The type two, the guy that's thinking, well, he got promoted because, uh, well, bless his heart, and I'll just uh, throw him in there because he's there for the numbers. That's again an underestimation of a human being, which is horrible in any way whatsoever. Having said that, you and your daughters did experience this as you discussed previously in this interview. How difficult was it, or perhaps not so difficult, to stand up and challenge the company norms in those situations for you and your daughters? Well, you know, here's the thing. Anytime you are fighting for something that you believe in, it's not going to be easy, but it is important. So, you know, I can't go into too much detail about our personal battles, but what I can tell you is this. Um, At the end of those battles, whether you won or whether you lost, you suffer. You suffer during the battle. You suffer, you know, while the the battle is being fought, and, and you suffer at the end of that battle. And if you are fortunate enough to win, let's say you win whatever winning means to you. Sometimes the win is not worth what you went through. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And and if you lose the battle, you know, you, you're still so traumatized that you have to still find a way to pick up your pieces and pick up your life and go back into corporate America again where you put on that mask, uh, a, a mask, Chris, that a mask where you have to put on that fake smile and go back into the lion's den with people that you don't know if they're going to treat you the way that your last employer did, if, if they're going to abuse you and torment you and humiliate you and, and denigrate you. And if you're going to be facing those three impossible choices that you faced in your last job, um, you know, we tried, me and my daughters and so many other people, we tried to, to suffer in silence and not say anything because sometimes saying something makes things worse for you. You, you become a target even more and you become retaliated against. So a lot of people, including us, you know, we, we try to suffer in silence. Um, and that just isn't a good option, Chris. Do you know why? I'm, I'm with you on a lot of this. And I just want to add one more thing. A lot of people use racism as a toy, unfortunately, when somebody doesn't deserve a promotion or doesn't uh, or doesn't get something that somebody else gets. They'll scream racism. And that hurts a lot of people who are actually like you, your daughters, and Ebony, the character, and the person you based Ebony on, had to face in the workplace. And that doesn't help anybody. And, and that is a valid opinion. Um, that is why it is so important, Chris, for employers to actually read my book, Hush Money, How One Woman Proved Systemic Racism in Her Workplace and Kept Her Job, and share it with their leadership teams. Because Employers have to do a better job of being able to identify what systemic racism in the workplace, especially the covert parts, what it really looks like in a real and modern way. And and I'll tell you why I say that, Chris. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the the term, uh, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, but those trainings have been around for decades in in corporate America. Most companies make them mandatory. 
and all of their staff, it's, it's mandatory for all staff, everyone is required to go through these diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings, you know, that, that you know, paint various scenarios about what racism looks like. Um, the scenarios are usually very limited in scope. And at the end of those trainings, Chris, everybody on staff checks the box, promising to treat everybody fairly, uh, promising not to discriminate, and, and promising to give everyone an equal opportunity. And after they meet that requirement that's part of their job, everyone goes back to their routines and the racism continues. And so employers uh, start losing, uh, having a large turnover rate in uh, the people of color or people of color come forward and they complain about racism. So what employers need to do is have a better way to understand it because you can't really make positive change if you yourself don't really understand what systemic racism looks and feels like. And that's what my book, Hush Money, does. It takes the reader, whoever they are, and it puts them into the shoes of a racial discrimination victim to see and feel the full impact that you never get in those trainings, the full impact, including the racial trauma um, in a real way. And then once they go through that, that book and those chapters, they emerge with a much better eye-opening understanding of what systemic racism looks like in an overt, but more importantly, a covert perspective. And uh, I don't know if you've had a chance, Chris, to look at uh, the reviews on Amazon, but the people who are more interested in allyship, you know, like yourself, for example, someone who's never experienced racism, but they feel at their core that it is wrong and they want to be an ally, um, but they don't really have a full understanding of, of what it entails because, you know, like you said, sometimes the water gets muddied. Well, what my book does is it helps you develop that deep understanding in a real way. With me is Jackie Abrams. She is the author of Hush Money. We're talking about uh, experiences from her, her friend, and her daughters, focusing on a character named Ebony who is facing systemic racism in the workplace. It's a very good read, very interesting book. It's also something that really does happen. Jackie, and you mentioned these training programs. Yes, I'm going to tell you, I believe a lot of it's a racket because, like you said, they come in making their money, pushing this whole diversity and equity thing. Everybody comes in, they really learn nothing, and they come out, and not everything gets better. Some people, and if you remember what happened, happened at LinkedIn, there was uh, some resentment towards the way some of these trainings were. The problem is nobody wants to talk about really fixing the problem. They want that symbolism, but not the actual substance. The idea of wokeness is merely political BS. However, the opposite, being aware, open-minded, and having cognitive ability is what's needed to fix racism in any workplace. This also means standing up for others when you see something wrong. People do see what's happening. Now, a lot of people don't notice this, and that's what happens. There are people who just go in, don't pay attention, do their job, and leave. But what advice would you give to a, a worker or executive who witnesses this racial discrimination that we're discussing at their company, doesn't really know what to do, wants to help when it comes to taking the first step towards fixing it. And I mean fixing it. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you the very first step, if you are an organization 
that is really interested in doing a deep dive into your, your uh, institution to determine whether or not you have uh, racism that you are either uh, aware of and just haven't done anything or that you are blind to and, and you just want to make sure that if it is happening um, that you can identify it and address it. The very first step, in my opinion, is to read my book. Um, there is nothing that I can think of quite like it that actually takes you and puts you into the shoes of a racial discrimination victim in modern times, uh, because that's the difference between you know the the areas that focus on racism from decades ago, it's morphed and it's changed. And like I said, it's more covert. So the first step is to get with your leadership teams and your managers, um, actually take hush money, include it as part of uh, whatever diversity trainings that you are giving to your staff, but really take the book, analyze the chapters because there's gold in every chapter discuss it at a very real level with your management teams and your leaders. And then from there, you can revamp your diversity trainings or add hush money as a primary component. Because as I look at diversity trainings, Chris, um, a lot of them cover many different things. But one of the things uh, that's missing is how to be an anti-racist. You know, what actions should you exhibit if you want to create an anti-racism culture. And if you're going to do that, anti-racism is being able to act, you know, being able to uh, create policies that support acting when you see something wrong, um, not just uh, glossing over it and saying, you know, well, I'm not going to get involved in that because it's not affecting me personally. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Does that make sense? Absolutely, Jackie. But one thing I wanted to mention again that we kind of glossed over is hush money allows you to walk in somebody's shoes. I'm the old proverb you remember: you don't, you can't judge a person until you walked in their shoes for a mile, something like that. This gives you a chance to understand what's going on with some people in many workplaces that you don't notice. Even the well-meaning people who don't really understand what's happening don't see or don't notice. It lets you see what happened to somebody through their own eyes. And maybe, maybe that will offer an organization or, or people in charge of an organization to become a little more self-aware of what's going on. They'll be able to equally train people. They'll be able to say, hey, don't slack off on training this other person just because uh, uh, you have a preconceived notion. That's horrible for any workplace. That helps nobody, especially the people who, who depend on those who were just promoted. And again, I'm rambling on a bit, but I believe looking at it through the eyes of somebody who's faced this is very important for everybody around. Absolutely. 
And, uh, you know, I can tell you, Chris, that my book is appealing to a lot of people on so many levels, not only here in the United States, but I'm being contacted from various countries, from people in New Zealand, United Kingdom, Canada, Uganda, Nigeria, Egypt. And uh, it's really uh, resonating with a lot of people across the world who are experiencing uh, racism and racial discrimination as well. Um, but you know what's really interesting and what just really warms my heart, Chris? What, what is that? I am, also, I am also being contacted by employers, employers who do want to take a look inward. Um, and I'll tell you what happened, Chris, that I think Last year, after the world witnessed uh, the brutal killing of George Floyd on national TV, I, I think that the rose-colored glasses were taken off for a lot of organizations, and they really want to know, you know, have I missed something? Is this going on in my organization? And if it is, what can I do that I haven't already done to prevent it? And so when I was talking to you earlier, Chris, I, I gave you some ideas on how uh, employers can use hush money to um, open the eyes and hopefully change the minds and hearts of people who um, have sat by and watched as, as people of color uh, were discriminated against and, and for whatever reason didn't act or, you know, who fundamentally at their core just believe that they're superior to people of color and therefore are entitled to treat them a certain way. But you know, there is another reason that I stress to employers when they contact me in terms of why they really want to take a look at my book, Hush Money, read it and share it with their leadership teams. Um, what I tell them, Chris, and I, I don't really sugarcoat it, is um, I tell them, you know, my book is really a cautionary tale that will show the leaders of your organization what can happen as hush money spreads like wildfire through black and brown communities, especially here in the United States. This book is spreading, Chris, and people in the black and brown communities are learning how this one woman used unconventional methods that you would never even think of in a million years after making so many mistakes, she finally came up with a strategy using unconventional methods that actually helped her prove what was happening to her. She actually kept her job, Chris. She got a six-figure settlement, and she brought this company to their knees. And so this book is spreading through our people of color communities because they now have hope that if this woman used methods that I would never think of, I want to know what she did, and I'm going to adopt those methods, go back to work, and start implementing myself what she did. Conversely, Jackie Abram, that your main character, Ebony, the lady that she's based upon, may have saved the company as well. Uh, yes, she won a settlement, brought them to their knees, as you said, but she may have saved the company and many others. Because now you're looking at this, uh, the systemic racism that what you're discussing today is also from a, a business, a practical perspective, you're wasting talent. You're hurting talent and you're breaking talent. You bring somebody in because they're talented regardless of uh, race, background, ethnicity, anything like that. You're going to promote somebody, properly train them, 
like you just said, the, the, the example you gave me earlier in their interview, one gentleman gets the great training, one gentleman gets the crap training. Problem is, you just broke the second person, regardless of race. You, and, and, and the guy did it, in your example, because of race. But you just lost a very talented employee either by keeping somebody who you didn't train properly or somebody who says, this training's terrible. I'm going to take my talents elsewhere. And that's another thing. Yeah, the one color we should all be focusing on if your business is green. That's what I say. <laughs> oh, I agree with you 100%. So, you know, employers can benefit from reading Hush Money because, you know, you, you may have some people in your organization who fundamentally at their core um, just believe that they're superior to people who are not like them. And so you're not going to be able to unteach racism to someone who feels that way in a once-a-year diversity training. It's just not going to happen. But what you can do is include hush money in those trainings, because what better way to stop someone who is acting in a racist way in, in their tracks than to show them the methods that people of color are learning through my book and how they're able to now prove the racism they are experiencing. So if they are behaving in this way, you know, their employees have read this book and they are now using these methods against that very uh, supervisor or that very manager. And if it comes to light, that manager may find themselves at risk of losing their jobs. And so that's why I say, you know, show this to your managers. Don't hide it from them. Let them know what people are learning. And if they are someone that is exhibiting racist behavior, this will stop them. It could also help them find what's wrong within the company that can, uh, that can be fixable in that respect. There are people who may not even understand what they're doing. They don't know this stuff. You look at it through somebody else's experiences, finding out what they're thinking a little bit more and finding out what they can do to retaliate and fix everything. You might be able to avoid all the problems and just fix everything yourself. And that, that's another good thing too. Jackie, I want to thank you for being here on Book Spectrum, but I do want to ask you, where can our listeners find out more about you, what you do, and uh, more about Hush Money? Wonderful. Um, so my book, once again, is called Hush Money, How One Woman Proved Systemic Racism in Her Workplace and Kept Her Job. You can buy it on many uh, platforms and bookstores, but I recommend going to Amazon because on Amazon, you can get my book for $6, which is about what you pay for a cup of coffee. Uh, I promise you that you will have an eye-opening experience and you will understand what systemic racism looks like in the workplace in a way that you probably um, may not know or, or never even considered. Um, so I just really believe that it's an eye-opening eye-opening experience for everyone. Um, I also ask that you know you take a look at the reviews. The reviews will tell you, and the reviews come from a variety of people. Um, they will tell you what they experienced and what they learned and, and the value that they got out of reading my book. Jackie, you said a lot of great things today. You said one very extremely scary thing. $6 for a cup of coffee. We are paying that in some places. <laughs> <laughs> I, I priced it very low at my book because I want everyone who can afford, who needs it to be able to afford it. You know, Chris, if I would just leave you with one final thought, um, I appreciate every single person who pays that $6 and buys my book. I'm an independent author who is fighting racism in the workplace one book at a time. 
And I really need your help to help me try to stop it and improve the situation for so many people. Jackie Abrams, thank you very much for being with us on Book Spectrum. I'm Chris Cordani. Thank you all for listening.